This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. We like to drink beer, a lot of it. After a long night of drinking and talking crime and conspiracies, there's nothing that wakes us up and gets us ready to start the day better than just brew coffee. With a great selection of roast levels to choose from, you're guaranteed to find one that suits your style. Small batch roasted to highlight the unique features of each coffee bean, Just Brew Coffee caters to both casual and hardcore coffee drinkers alike. Since 2010, Just Brew Coffee has worked tirelessly to perfect the roasting process and technique, which has resulted in seriously delicious, always flavorful, and never bitter tasting coffee. If you're already drinking JBC, raise your mug. If you're not, raise your standards. Check them out in social media and remember, they roast, you just brew. Check out their new online store at youjustbrew.com and up your coffee game today. Use code NECRO15 to receive 15% off your order of two pounds or more. On today's episode, we discuss an egomaniacal, power-hungry man who believes he's a direct messenger of God. Sound familiar? No, we aren't talking about Jim Jones. Today we discuss Rock Terrio and the Ant Hill Kids. Terrio used his good looks and charismatic personality to convince people that they needed to clean up their lives, live healthier, and devote themselves fully to his teachings, using forms of verbal and sexual abuse, as well as sadistic means of physical punishment, he was able to keep his followers, including children, under his spell for nearly 20 years. It wasn't until after the murders of two of his followers, several years apart, that justice was finally served. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If you thought trepanning was only useful on the living, stick around. This French-Canadian madman found an interesting adaptation. This is Necronomapod. Lifton wrote a paper called Cult Formation. And in that paper, I think he identified what I would call the nucleus for a definition of a destructive cult. One is an absolute authoritarian leader who becomes the defining element and the driving force of a group. Second, Lifton said that you can identify a thought reform program in the group's process. Number three, if we are to think of the group as a destructive cult, the group would be doing something to harm people or exploit people. And this varies in groups by degree. Favorite flavor of Mountain Dew? Have to pick one. Go. Can't pick original? You can. Oh. Uh, Code Red. Code Red. (laughs) Can't pick original? Yeah, you can. Code Red. I do not ingest Mountain Dew. It's the most You've never dis- had disgusting one. thing I've ever Stop tasted. It. I mean, it's pretty sugary, but it's delicious. It's awful. You don't, so you don't enjoy any of them. Have you never. tried any other than the original? I have not. You're missing out, man. I'm not missing anything. Some of the other ones are pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Uh, I'm a live wire guy. Is that the orange one? It's the orange one. Yeah. yeah. 
oranges. That's the best. You got to be careful with the code red now because now they have that new like Halo Gamer red one that's out. Have you seen that one? Mm-mm. It's like a cherry type thing. And like if you're not paying attention, you just see a red Mountain Dew and you grab it. Uh, it is not the same as code red. I have not so. had Mountain Dew in a while. You're just drinking Amp last week. Oh, yeah. It is made by Mountain Dew. <laughs> it's Mountain Dew Amp. Yeah. Diet Coke. Thanks. All right. Well, what's your favorite flavor of Diet Coke? Now you got all these damn fruit flavors out. Diet Coke. <laughs> Not a vanilla fan. No. <laughs> so okay. Um, off the top, though, one thing we need to address from last week's episode, you may or may not have noticed, um, we had some kind of issue with the uh, like a file conversion error, and it it seemed to like speed up the audio and almost eliminate any natural pauses or breaks in our discussion. So it. it probably seemed like the uh, the conversation was going very swift. So we apologize. It was something we didn't catch in the uh, editing process or after it was released. But if you noticed, uh, uh, sorry, and we'll make sure that doesn't happen again. We yep. fired our editing guy over it. He's so, gone. Yeah, fuck him. <laughs> and I would also like to retract my Game of Thrones statement that uh, about a George R. R. Martin being a British author. He is uh, actually from Bayonne, New Jersey. I don't, wow. I don't know why I was under the impression he was a British author, but because uh, his name sounds very sounds British. British, I somewhat picked that up somewhere along the line and thought that was the case, but uh, I was. Uh, Roundly corrected, so wow. apologies on the inaccuracy. So now Ian has been corrected, Dave has been corrected, and then there was one. <laughs> I have never said anything wrong ever on this show, including but not limited to Lethal Weapon is way better than Die Hard. That's just preposterous, <laughs> but... All right, Ian. So we're back on the cults. Yeah, we're back into cults today. This one goes zero to 100 real quick. This one's just like, it's a basic story, but like you said, it just, it all of a sudden just ramps up into, uh, yeah. So yeah, let's jump into it. Rock Terrio was born May 16th, 1947 in Saguenay, Quebec, Canada to father Hyacinth and mother Pirette. Both. So his dad was a flower. Yeah. It's a, it's a weird name <laughs> it's an for interesting a guy. name. Yeah. It's Canadian. Well, one of the survivors from Jonestown was named Hyacinth, but that was a woman. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Sorry, continue. (laughs) Um, Both of his parents were devout Catholics and felt it was their personal responsibility to fill the world with more Catholics, so they wanted to have a big family. Rock had an older sister and six younger brothers and sisters. Nothing on that. I was waiting for a Catholic. You know, (laughs) look at me. I was waiting for a Catholic. I personally believe Catholics should practice more birth control and not populate the world. With more Catholics, but that's just my opinion. It's a different time, though, Dave. Different time. <laughs> Rock and his siblings went to a four a small four room school, and they were viewed as quote backwoods people by their classmates. None of the Terrio children completed school, and Rock dropped out in the seventh grade. And unlike his siblings, Rock was said to be very intelligent. And after dropping out of school, he focused much of his time on reading the Old Testament. And memorizing a lot of it. Like I always say, why read a bunch of books when you can only read one book? <laughs> He's got that tattooed on his back. Yeah. Yeah, he says that. In old English lettering. Yeah. <laughs> Takes up his entire back. Rock's father was really angry with the way the government was running things and joined a militant religious conservative group called the White Brigades. The group would go door to door with pamphlets trying to get people to join their cause. Their main goals were to take power away from the government and banks and give power money back to the people. Which, if you knock out the religious thing, it's a 
decent idea, I guess. Sure. Um, Can't argue with that. But Rock was forced to go on these door-to-door trips with his dad, and it really embarrassed him, and he quickly started to resent the Catholic Church. Hi, my name's Rock. Do you have a few minutes to talk about our Lord Jesus Christ (laughs) and uh, the banks? (laughs) As Rock got into his teen years, he was said to be really physically fit, and have no problems getting girlfriends with being very charismatic. So he was a hot dude then? Yeah, that's what I hear. He married his first wife, Francine, when he was 20 years old in 1967. They moved to Montreal where he worked cleaning chimneys and inspecting furnaces. They had their first son in 1969 named Rock Jr. Francine got pregnant again in 1970, but around this time, Rock began to suffer from extreme abdominal pain. That comes with marriage. Yeah. (laughs) Just agonizing pain. That's a bold statement. Okay. JK. He was diagnosed with stomach ulcers that required surgery to fix. Also part of marriage. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Uh, He ended up having to get a large portion of his stomach removed. And at this time, he started reading medical books, which he became really obsessed with. And with especially with the surgery part, which is kind of foreshadowing into into what he does later on in the story. Well, that's a little ominous. <laughs> uh, by the fall of 1970, he had to get another surgery for his stomach, and this time they they removed even more of the of his stomach that he had left. So it's more than ulcers at this point, right? Do they pull part of your stomach out for ulcers? I don't, I mean, it had to be some brutal ulcers. It's yeah. also back in the, what, 60s or 70s, too. I don't know if, where have they come with the uh, ulcer treatment these day, this day and age? Yeah, that's terrible. But his pain never went away from this, even though with all these surgeries. He turned to painkillers and then alcohol because he said the painkillers drained him mentally and physically. Did he have a colostomy bag as a result of this? I don't Didn't seem to. I don't think so. Okay. But I feel like alcohol, if you're missing a bunch of your stomach from ulcers, I feel like alcohol would just tear up your stomach. Probably wouldn't be the best thing. Yeah. Probably make it worse. Absolutely. Rock's marriage with Francine started to fall apart when Rock just up and quit his job to start selling handmade furniture, uh, which he was not successful at. I was thinking about doing that. Just quitting your job. (laughs) and just make some handmade furniture. (laughs) Just like ottomans and stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Is that a good idea? Go for it. I think the only thing I'd be able to make is TV trays. Just four legs to a a, a, a flat board. Well, folding TV. with a hinge, or you can't. No, do no, no, no. This is no. it's a uh, and then not it, easy storage. It doubles though. as an end table. <laughs> just nail it right down into the top, like right into the right. top of the leg. And it's just, it, that's all it is. Yeah, could also be a stool. <laughs> Well, multi-purpose, right? Highly functional. That's why we charge you four hundred fifty dollars. <laughs> I'm not, I wouldn't be any better than that. So it's all right. His stomach pain mixed with heavy drinking also caused him to be, to get extremely angry and mean with Francine. There was nothing about him being like physically abusive. He was just a really mean drunk. No He's one playing likes, constant pain too. Yeah. So no one likes an angry drunk. No. We like fun drunks in this show. <laughs> We're fun drunks. <laughs> uh, soon the family had lost their house to the bank. And Francine left him because his furniture business was not working out. It's like, how many fucking sofas did you sell today, <laughs> Rock? <laughs> sell any futons, you fucking asshole? 
Well, it said he was trying to sell them in a bar, too, like a local, like to people just drinking at a bar. It's hmm. interesting. Yeah. Which means he sat at the bar drinking all day. Yeah, like, right. Hey, I got this sofa I built at home. <laughs> yeah. You guys want to well, buy it? Oh, I tried. No? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Can you buy me a drink? Can you buy me a Labatt? <laughs> it's Molson. Up there, it's called Canadian. Up there, it's just called Canadian. <laughs> you need to order one. Fun fact. Isn't Labatt right. Canadian? Also, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I prefer Molson. Okay. You know, if we're going to have a Canadian beer conversation. <laughs> I'm sure there's plenty of other good ones. My only experience with Molson was when that guy came over here and puked everywhere from drinking Molson ice. <laughs> <laughs> what did you get for drinking Molson ice? There's probably still puke in the bathroom. That, that shit was everywhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was another good one. Our friend uh, Catherine told me about that I had in Toronto, and I can't remember the name of it now, but it was pretty tasty. That's the end of that story. Yep. All right. Okay, great. Um, I found 10 bucks. <laughs> in Toronto, you found 10 bucks? Yeah. Huh. It's just a joke. Uh, it's what you say at the end of a bad story to make your story better. Uh, <laughs> and then the fact that I have to explain it makes the story even worse. <laughs> so, Rock's wife left him. Yeah, and then uh, he, because he was an attractive dude and really charismatic, he quickly rebounded from the divorce and married his second wife named Giselle. They were happy for a while until Rock started talking obsessively about religion and God. After reading tons of books on religion, Rock settled with the Seventh-day Adventists. He was drawn to the fact that the SDA believe in word for word on the Bible. Like, there is no room for error with the Bible. It's word for word with them. Well, that's how the Bible should be taken. Right, I, Dave? I, I agree 100% because, <laughs> yeah. you know, a bunch of goat fuckers who didn't know where the sun went at night... <laughs> You should absolutely base your life on whatever they had to say. <laughs> That's just my opinion. I don't, you know, I could be wrong. The views and expressions <laughs> communicated in this show do not reflect that of Necronomapod. You know, your discretion is advised. <laughs> or our sponsor. You know, or our sponsor. I can't even get through it without laughing. I, I saw the, uh, not a while ago our fa- one of our favorite comics, Jim Jeffries. Oh, he's fantastic. His quote, he said, the Bible should be one page. Don't be a cunt. <laughs> That's it. So I try, I try to live by that creed. <laughs> He's so good. <laughs> so I believe these uh, Adventists are uh, teetotalers. So did uh, did our friend Rock stop drinking? No. Oh, um, well. Yeah, no, he did not stop drinking. But he did. You mean a hypocritical cult leader? Right? No. That's never happened before. Never. Rock became one of the best recru- recruiters for the church, using his charisma and good looks to get new members. Um, he also began giving sermons at the church that began to attract women followers. So it sounded like women were just coming for him. Not really what he was saying, just to be around him. Well, obviously they smelled what the rock was cooking. <laughs> <laughs> and boom goes the dynamite. <laughs> we need to get that sound clip and just put that in, in random places. Right. Um, with his ego getting bigger... Rock started to believe that he was a direct messenger of God and had been given special instructions to guide people in the second coming in the eventual apocalypse. He also took to the holistic beliefs of the SDA, which is the healthy lifestyle, no drinking. Well, he continued to drink, but the no drinking, the eating clean. He wanted everyone else to stop drinking, but the rules didn't apply to him. He started this program of detoxification to rid people of alcohol, cigarettes, all that stuff before the second coming. 
this is where his popularity really started to grow. He traveled around spreading this message or the, this detox program. And when he went around, he was started talking people into quitting their jobs and just leaving their families and to follow him. So this is where it's starting to like teeter on the line of be, uh, being a cult. Because yeah. that was just like Jim Jones did. People would just up and leave their lives to go follow him. Yeah. 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 He grew a huge beard and let his hair grow long. That couldn't have been good for his good looks. Well, he had this whole guru look now, with the, and it made it even more of like a... A guru or a guru? What did I say? <laughs> I think you said it right. Did I say it right? No, don't don't some of these guys call themselves the guru? Oh, I don't know. I've not heard that. Really? Guru. Guru. All right. Like Gu- an extra special guru? <laughs> right. That's when you reach like the epitome of guru-iness. I'm a guru. <laughs> But yeah, Sorry, I was not correcting your pronunciation. <laughs> well, he had this whole like, I mean, he gets off that look like, oh, that dude must be something important or something different, you know, like what's going on with that dude? Because he looks like Forrest Gump by the time he got running across, <laughs> stopped running across the country. <laughs> yeah, kind yeah. of. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. So he was gaining more followers and as he was gaining more tensions with the with the SDA, the the Seventh-day Adventist, grew. Rock and his followers were expelled from the church. And they were, he was promoting, like when he went around to these things, he was promoting as, I don't want donations from you. He wasn't going for money with people. Like a lot of cult leaders, it's yeah. based on money. He was saying, just give whatever you can. And he claimed that that's why the SDA was getting pissed with him mm. because they wanted donations. So he made them be the bad guy. Yeah. They always need that enemy. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, and you got to be pretty wacky to get expelled from uh, this bunch of kook Adventist church, right? Yeah. Well, on the fringe, right? And they were getting worried with him, too, talking about how he had, he started to claim that he had met God personally. So they were getting a little like, Rock started saying that? Yeah. So they were like, hey, between whatever's going on with you, with all these people following you, and now you got, now you're claiming to actually speak to God and you actually met him, then, you know. Yeah. Ixnay on the eating may with uh, (laughs) Isis J. Yeah. Well said. Can you do a whole podcast like that? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But they they moved on and just continued to travel around spreading the detox plan that, that Rock had come up with. And around this time, he he started to implement uh, rules into the group. He said that the group had been chosen by God and that unbelievers were evil, demanding that followers cut themselves off from the outside world, including friends and family. And he also wanted members to all wear the same clothes. So now you're getting into... The cult blueprint. I mean, we've heard it before, right? Right. Cutting yourself off. No individualism. Right. He was using quotes from the Bible out there to justify leaving, you know, cutting people off. On June 5th, 1978, Rock decided to pack up and leave and go live in the Gaspy Peninsula. He claimed that his decision to move was on his own, just to go by himself. But the group followed him there, keeping the movement alive. And that's bullshit. Did any did all the followers? They just they, followed him. And he was like, I didn't want anybody to follow after me. he moved. He was like, oh, I didn't want you to follow. me." Yeah. Yet he had never said anything to them otherwise. Right. Which is absolute bullshit. He's like, all right, I'm going to disband. But no. All right. If you guys need me. Right. All right. 
So they began to build a compound in the woods as far away from civilization as possible. And this is where they got their nickname from townspeople. Started calling them the Ant Hill Kids because of how hard they were working. Like <laughs> Sounds like a gang from the Little Rascals show or something. <laughs> the Ant Hill Gang. Is it the, the Van Buren Gang from Seinfeld? <laughs> Ant Hill Kids. So he, he continued isolation and implemented another classic cult technique and made members of the group change their names to biblical names. So we've seen that before, especially with Heaven's Gate. Everybody yep. changed their name. That's right. I couldn't remember them doing that in Jonestown. It was Heaven's Gate. No. Yeah, Jonestown was Jonestown was all mainly political, you know. But so if yeah. you guys had to pick a biblical name to change to, what would you pick? Michael. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> David, I don't think you understand the word, what the word change means. Um, I mean, obviously, I think I'd, I'd be a pretty clear cut Jesus. <laughs> I don't know. Clearly. Uh, I like Luke. Luke. Luke's a good one. I like Luke. I don't know any biblical names. Well, you should read your Bible more well, often. Well, you'd be Leviticus. <laughs> Leviticus. And Dave's Deuteronomy. No, I picked uh, Zebedee. Zebedee? Yeah. I don't know that one. Zebedee. That's I guess the, I was just naming books. He's naming names in the Bible. Yeah. yeah. That's the father of uh, John and James, the uh, apostles of Jesus. Oh, Zebedee. All right. Zebedee, bidee, bidee, bidee. That's all, folks. <laughs> I thought that was a good one. Oh, my God. He, he did this whole thing just for that. <laughs> that, was, that was what this was all about. It's the coolest sounding biblical name I could think of. All right. So for the rest of this episode, we'll refer to you as Zebedee, please, me and Luke, and what did we say you were? Leviticus. Say, Leviticus. Leviticus. We'll call you Levi. That's Levon. Leviticus is all a hardcore shit where if you eat, you know, a shellfish, it gets stoned, right? Yeah, that's where it gets real intense. That's yeah. where they say that gay people can't get married and you can't wear clothes that are made of two different types of... <laughs> can't touch the Man, pig. You got a terrible name. pig skin. Yeah. All that good stuff. All right, Levi, where we leave off? <laughs> um... Rock put all the the names into a hat and everybody took them randomly, but he saved Moses for himself. Of course. Which they called him Moise is the, the French, the French Canadian <laughs> pronunciation. Oui, <of> oui. <laughs> all right. His second wife, Giselle, she actually stayed with him through all this shit and she was renamed Esther, which I didn't know that was a biblical name. It's a fine biblical name. I like it's that all name. Right. I don't love it. I don't love that one. You're not a fan of Esther? I'm not. What are you well, going to do? What did she do in the Bible, Esther? I have no idea. I just don't like the name. It's not her personally. Okay. Whoever Esther is, I just don't love that name. Although, I don't know if there's a lot of a good female names other from the Bible. Like, the dude's got all the cool names. Mary. Yeah, I mean. That's Mary, the only person I Right. <laughs> I'm going to go with one. I guess you go with that. <laughs> uh, That's the only one I can think of. Eve. She was pretty sweet. Oh, yeah, Eve. Eve's an all right name. <laughs> Mary Magdalene, she was hot. Well, we we touched on Mary though. I guess you can go with Mary Magdalene too. All right, Esther. Yeah. Um, to keep authorities out of their business, Rock registered the commune as a church, which Canada has really loose laws on being able to register as a church. Or at least they did at this time. At this time, at least, yeah. You just basically say, "Hey, I'm a church now," and. You're good to go. We are the, the church. old church scan. We are the church. No taxes. And we'll do whatever we want under the guise of religious freedom. And well, 
Yeah, because that's what we'll see later on is what is a big problem with the authorities getting involved with them is they the religious freedom. They don't want to fuck around with that right. and get themselves in trouble. You can do anything you want if it's, uh, you're under your religious beliefs. That's why that's a part big part of why Jonestown got as far as it did yeah, because the government didn't want to fuck with that. That's those right. Laws. And on top of that, he had all his connections politically. Yeah. Yep. So in early January of 1979, Rock fathered the first of the children to be born into the group. This child was the first of 26 that Rock fathered himself with nine women in the group over the next 12 years. He's got some good swimmers, this guy. It's <laughs> a potent. It's a potent Rock. I take care of my kids. <laughs> So, Not Chris Rock. Sorry. Sorry. I went off on a tangent there. Different Rock. <laughs> also at this time, Rock told the group that the world was going to end February 19th, 1979, <laughs> which is which is weird for a cult because usually you would stretch that time out then just like one month because the kid was born in January and now the world's going to end a month later. It's a little odd. Usually you would stretch that out a couple years to keep people locked down and then switch it up but do you think when they make these predictions they like what's their mindset do they believe it do they are they do they think they can will it to happen because we've seen this before with the cults with the with the maybe some i don't know if we know i don't know if we know enough about him to know he was an intelligent guy was but was did he have like was he mentally unstable like did he really think that he could will it or did he was he just looking for like a quick out to get people to really jump on board with him so mm-hmm. he needed to give them something or did he plan to do something on that day it still happens today people giving specific dates yeah, for the right. end of the world and it never happens <laughs> i think some people do genu- genuinely believe their bullshit and think that it's real I mean, Marshall, I think Marshall Applewhite fully believed that. He did it several times, if I remember. He's like, oh, I got updated information. Uh, right? Or am I thinking of someone else? You're thinking of someone else. Marshall saw his out after Bonnie Nettles died. Mm, okay. When Art Bell got, got <laughs> coast to coast and talked about the hail bop. Go on, Mike. Give the reminder about the Art Bell episode. It's your hallmark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's still out there waiting for people to listen to it. It is not dead last anymore. No, it's in the top 10 of all time episodes now. Uh, well, clearly what I'm doing is working then. What do I need to hype up? What's last? Mothman mm. 2? I don't know, honestly. Go Pe- listen to the Mothman episodes. We did a two-parter on it. People listen to part one. They're like, this fucking sucks. Yeah. I'm not listening to part Our two. Our Mothman series inspired one listener to get a tattoo on their body of 100% the true. That is a 100% true story. That's awesome. That's the biggest compliment this show has, I think, gotten to this point. That person, uh, from what I was told, had never heard of Mothman before until our show got a sweet tattoo of it. Mm-hmm. Go listen to those episodes, people. One and two. Don't forget there's a part two. That's where all the good stuff is. And then when you're done, go get a Richard Chase tattoo <laughs> and send us a picture Ooh. of it. Yeah, the picture that we post on and our the Instagram. orange check. Okay, in the orange coat. Get that tattooed. I dare someone to get that. <laughs> if someone gets that tattoo on their body, they can come sit in studio with us. As many times as they want and do the show. Yeah, that's a That's a bold deal. offer. Get the tattoo. Come on. We will not pay for your airfare or your lodging, <laughs> but you can come sit with us and we'll I'll, we'll provide the beer. Seems like a I good deal. I think that's deal. fair. Yeah. I would do it. Okay. 
All right. Well, we'll Dave's see if gonna, Dave's going to get the tattoo now. <laughs> <laughs> and then that'll just be the end of the game. He sits in with us every every week. So when that when this this doomsday prediction that he had obviously didn't happen, he got around it by saying that he had miscalculated God's time with Earth's time because they're actually different. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> God's probably on the Julian calendar still. So it didn't work. Yeah, I I don't know. But here's what's interesting about this, though. I think this is the first time in any of our cult studying that Rock at least admitted he was wrong. He made a mistake. They never do that. They always have an excuse for something. No, he's. Yeah, but he had all bullshit. But he's at least saying, oh, it was my fault. I miscalculated. Yeah, but he's saying it was. There's different times. But again, he's taking the blame. He's not swerving the blame. I don't know if I'm looking at it like that. He's saying he miscalculated. Every other one, they they have some kind of swerve. I would classify this as a swerve. But he's saying he had miscalculated it. Okay. All right. He didn't take into account. He didn't realize there was two. I don't know if he didn't realize it was two different times or he didn't account for that. Either one, he's saying he made a mistake. I'm giving him credit Mm -hmm. for that. In all fairness, too, his his group is not very big, so or it's not like he's convincing uh, hundreds of thousands of people, like children of God or something like that. Because David Berg had made some doomsday predictions throughout time. Maybe that's who I was thinking of earlier. Okay, yeah. Somewhere after this inaccurate doomsday prediction, Rock began to implement brutal punishments to the members of the group who disobeyed. He started to issue punishments for members that wanted to leave. He thought were spying on the group for the government or just because God told him to punish the person. So they didn't do anything wrong. Just God said that that needed to happen. Interesting. Yeah. God's not very nice. <laughs> and I'll just say right now, this is where you're talking about how it goes from zero to 100. Zero to 100, yeah. yeah. And I also remember, Dave, we're talking about Old Testament God, too. He was much more ruthless. Well, he was the the better God, Old Testament God. Well, more creative. He was the uh, he was the more ruthless one too. <laughs> People lived in whales' bodies for three days. They defied physics, the laws of <laughs> physics. It was much better. Although I gotta say, Jesus getting... also defied the laws of physics by being uh, resurrected. Yeah. So you know, it's all about preference. <laughs> Your book of the Bible. Well, and Rock preferred to abuse children. Yeah. So the the punishments for the kids included him verbally berating them while holding a knife to their throat and also sometimes nailing them to a tree crucifixion style while other kids threw rocks at them. Literally nailing? Like with Literally, nails? Yes, with nails through their hands. It's not great. No. No. For you, doing what? What were these kids even doing? Nothing they could do would... would deserve this no a lot of his punishments like i said they were just if god told him to do it um so he would just make that up he'd wake up drunk and angry yeah and want to hurt a kid right pretty much adults were punished and it was usually with beatings from other members but sometimes rock would do the beatings himself with a belt or a hammer so it's kind of jonestown-ish right having the other members uh, do the beatings yeah yeah, but he's taking it up a notch using a hammer, like beating people with a hammer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, or he would hang a person upside down from the ceiling in the in the cabin that they had built and pluck each of their body hairs out individually. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> with tweezers? Yeah. 
<laughs> okay. Yeah. So to make money, the group sold baked goods door to door. And when a member didn't make enough sales, the punishments usually got more extreme. If you could believe that they were more extreme than that. Tell uh, us, this, Ian. This guy, what do they do? This guy loved selling stuff, didn't he? He's With all the furniture about furniture and now the, the baked goods. Yeah. And now because he sucked as a furniture salesman, he's putting pressure on these people to sell their fucking <laughs> cookies and brownies. Yeah. Yeah, this cult's not about the money. He doesn't have a scheme, a real plan to make money here. But if it's not about the money, then why is he so angry when they're not selling it? Just a power thing? No. Well, I mean, I guess I'm, I should say he's not very smart in his... He doesn't have a good scheme set up here to make money. Gotcha. Like, everybody, like every other cult leader basically besides uh david koresh so on rock's orders he had his wife's toe cut off with a pair of pliers <laughs> what the fuck? and another woman in the group also had her finger cut off with the same pliers this and, is, and this how is, many brownies did you sell today <laughs> right. yeah that's what it's yeah. yikes blood still dripping off the pliers from the toe incident now she's getting her finger tore off right What's the appeal of this cult? I'm not, I'm not seeing it so far. Nothing that you I can see. Sober up. He'll get you sober. Jeez, you need to fucking drink after this. I totally agree. Yeah, there really is no appeal to this one that I can see. Like all the other ones, I could put myself in someone's shoes and kind of see where it's coming from. But this one is just... I, but how I many members are we all. talking here now? Like 50? I think at the height, he had 40. Okay. How many men... Is it mostly women? It's mostly women, yeah. yeah. Because of those rugged guru good looks. Yeah. <laughs> that big beard and long hair. He could have played bass in Leonard Skinner. I don't know. He I looks like know. George Costanza with long hair in the back from the pictures I've seen. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, towards the end he was balding up top. <laughs> oh, boy. His rules started to get more extreme, too. Members were not allowed to speak unless Rock was around, and they weren't allowed to have sex unless he gave them permission. They always turn, these things always turn into sex stuff too. Yep. Money and sex with cults, it's always the same same thing. They soon got into some legal trouble with rumors of the abuse going on inside the inside the group. Police served Brock with a court order to release one of the members and when he refused, he was arrested. He underwent a psychiatric evaluation and was deemed fit and just received a suspended sentence. So nothing happened to him. We have Ed Kemper, psychiatrist, uh, <laughs> right. evaluating him. But things got worse when Rock got back to the group. He began to force other members to defecate on each other and force them to eat it along with dead mice. What the fuck? <laughs> All right, now it's weird. Now it's now getting a little weird. weird. What, the mice part? Or well, the shit sandwich. The Cleveland, or the combined. The Cleveland steamers, the shit sandwiches, the eating the mice. Like, come on. Like, You want to explain what a Cleveland steamer is to well, the that's audience? that's you shit on someone's chest, right? Is that If you were to go to Urban Dictionary and look it up would. Cleveland steamer, I believe that's what it'll tell you. Yeah. Well, how about a Pittsburgh platter? I'm not familiar. <laughs> I, I, think it's I would the, love to know. <laughs> it's, I think it's the same thing, but over a glass table. So it doesn't actually hit your chest. What the fuck? Just take it like a man. <laughs> Pittsburgh. Well, in Cleveland, we're men. In Pittsburgh, they got to have a, 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 a Pittsburgh uh, glass table in between. Well, whatever. <laughs> Although they put their French fries on their sandwiches, though. That's pretty good. It's pretty tasty. Yeah. What's that restaurant? Um, Permont- Permontis. Permontis. I've never Permantis. been. Permantis. Permantis. I've never been. It is awesome. You go to Pittsburgh a lot. Yeah. I do. It's awesome. It's good. Yeah. 
You've been to Pittsburgh? Oh, that's right. You've been to Pittsburgh. Yeah. Of course. Fuck, maybe I should go to Pittsburgh then. He's got the fucking Pittsburgh accent. That's right. Of course. I have like a mixture of Cleveland. (laughs) Angie's worse. You're better with with the uh, the little bit of Cleveland there. Yeah. Stuff continues to ramp up here. Uh, He also started to force members to break their own legs with sledgehammers or be killed. (laughs) Oh, my God. Do you think you could do that? Could you break your own leg with a sledgehammer? As I was reading this a couple hours ago, I was trying to think. Like how, how or if or how I could do that. Well, then it reminds me of Saw, where uh, which what's his name, the actor Carrie, uh, he has to cut his leg off to get out of the uh, yeah. cuffs. Yeah. Could you do that? Yeah, I think I could. In that situation, yeah, I think so too. I could. First of all, he's doing all these punishments. What are these people getting out of this? He's offered nothing. I think at this time when this shit's getting like this bad. I would assume that you would fear for your life at this point. So it's literally just he's holding like a gun to you saying, break your leg or I'm going to shoot you. Yeah, but well, not a gun. I don't think he had, they didn't have any guns, but I think he's demonstrated that, I mean, beating people with a hammer. Right. Afraid to leave at this point. Yeah. Carrie Elwes, by the way. That's who it is. That's who it is. Yeah. But how could you prop your leg? From Princess Bride fame. (laughs) That's right. Would you prop? How do you? Would you prop your leg up? Would you stand up and swing the sledgehammer over your head? I guess if I, I think I think you go like this. You prop your leg up and you just go like that with it. Yeah, or take it up above your head and bring it down. Yeah, into your shin or, or something. I mean, they had to do it themselves, right? Yeah. Fuck. That's rough, man. Yeah. So before we get into even the next level of craziness. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. We'll be right back. Today's episode of Necronomapod is brought to you by Beardology. There are a lot of imitators out there, but there's only one place I buy my beard oil. Beardology beard oil nourishes your skin and won't leave you with that greasy feel. With over 17 cents available in their extensive product line, I trust my beard to Beardology. You can find Beardology at beardology.co. Use code NECRO15 to receive 15% off your purchase. Beardology, discover the best way to avoid the shave. And we're back. (laughs) (laughs) WNBC. So the first death in the group occurred sometime in 1981. One of the men in the group was fed up with the constant crying of a two-year-old boy in the group and severely beat the boy. Instead of seeking proper medical attention, Rock and a woman named Gabrielle, who used to be a nurse before joining the group, performed an unneeded surgery on the boy. (laughs) There is so much wrong with everything you just said. Yeah. So the kid didn't need, it sounded, from everything I looked at, it didn't sound like life-threatening injuries. First of all, the kid didn't need his ass whooped just no. for crying. No. Well, were they at a movie by any chance? Stop it. I think they were just <laughs> Don't even the justify mo- that with an answer. <laughs> just keep going. I, I mean, you know, if you bring your two-year-old to the movie theater. Two's a little young to bring to a movie theater. I agree. I'm not going to beat the kid. <laughs> 
Just saying. You beat the parent, not the kid. 100%. You beat the parent in front of the kid and it scars the kid for life. And now you're doing long-term damage, pal. <laughs> just saying I've been in my fair share of movies where the... Let's just say I don't go to movies anymore because every time I well, go, there's they, a That's a what you get baby. for going to see Moana as a 40-some-year-old man. <laughs> I believe the last movie I went to was Ted... This is an R-rated movie about a talking bear, it's and there so was a two-month-old in the theater. Oh, that's yeah. a long time who ago. Who I had ejected. Thank you very much. You had, it is not what you did. <laughs> Didn't they leave because they were pissed because you were yelling at them? Well, the baby started crying, and I yeah. told them to get that baby out of the theater. Yeah, and the parents left. Which, I know, I don't disagree with that. I mean, you shouldn't be taking babies to movies like that. Well, you shouldn't be taking babies to any movie. That's what I'm, no, I just mean. If, I don't mean that movie. If I want to take my six or seven year old to a, a movie, take him to a they kids should not movie. be interrupted by a screaming baby either. It's just I don't you know. disagree. Yeah, I'm not saying you shouldn't take a movie to Ted or a baby to Ted. You shouldn't be taking a two month old baby to any movie. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Now that we settled that, fight me. <laughs> So to sterilize this operation, they used rubbing alcohol on scissors and then injected rubbing alcohol into the boy's stomach. That sounds What happened awful. to this boy, Ian? He died two days later. That's so crazy. <laughs> this is like from our, our friend Robert Burdella last week, the book of unscientific medical uh, medical treatment. Yeah, yeah. Just making up what they yeah, think is right. going to help. Yeah. Well, you would think with this two-year-old. But you're so fucked up. You would think with this lady being a nurse, she'd be like, well, she'd probably get her ass beat for saying anything back to this guy. But you'd think she'd be like, yeah, there's no reason to inject rubbing alcohol into this kid's stomach. Well, I wonder if maybe she even did, but was told shut up and and keep going. All right. So we're next level now. Yeah. After the boy died, the man who beat him was castrated with a dull razor blade after the group voted on what to do with him. The man so he's off the island, right? <laughs> Castrated him and voted him off the island. Oh boy, that's a great story. This guy was able to escape in the middle of the night, and he told police what was going on in the on the compound. And on December 9th, nineteen eighty one, the police raided the compound and arrested Rock along with three other members of the group. They were charged with the death of the boy and the castration of the guy who escaped. And yet that piece of shit wasn't charged for beating that two-year-old? I No, not that I saw. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I don't think there was any real proof of it. And, and who knows? I mean, That may I'm not, not have even happened, right? I'm, and I'm not condoning beating a kid, but who knows how bad he if he just smacked this kid's ass and then it got taken way out of hand or, or what exactly sure, I happened. I Yeah. So the th- Rock and the three members of the group were found guilty of, quote, performing illegal medicine that resulted in the child's death. They were all sentenced to jail for nine months to one year. What about the the nut cutting off? No jail I think it was off. just included maybe in this. But, yeah, nine months to a year for killing a kid. Maybe they said, well, you cut the, the uh, balls off a guy who beat a kid. So hmm. good for you. We'll take three years off your sentence. Guys uh, in the Unsullied now. (laughs) (laughs) So still believing in rock and sick of the police giving them problems, the group moved their compound to Burnt River, Ontario on May 1st, 1984. They built the new compound in the forest as far away from town as possible. Isn't Burnt River the nickname for Cleveland also? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think it might be. Burnt River that burned twice, as we alluded to last episode. 
Was uh, Mr. Yep. Muggs the foreman in constructing this compound in Burnt River? Ooh, if they wanted it done right, he would have been. <laughs> this might have been past Mr. Muggs' time. Yeah, a couple years past. Untimely death. Oh, he was here a couple weeks ago. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, but well, we resurrected him. <laughs> It was 1984. He was still dead. We can resurrect Mr. Muggs at will. <laughs> Dave did it. <laughs> Tapped in and brought him here. And it's a special talent, fellas. Yeah. Remote Blumpkins and resurrecting monkeys. <laughs> God, speak, my God speaks through, uh, what, what's your name? Badia? Badia? Zebedee. Zebedee. So in 1985, another child died in the group. With Children's Services already having Rock and, and his group on the ra- on their radar, they investigated the death, and an autopsy determined that the baby had died from SIDS. But there's other rumors or reports that the child was actually left out in the cold to freeze to death by the mother in hopes that the child wouldn't have to suffer any abuse from Rock. Wouldn't they be able to tell if the child froze to death, though? Yeah. I, you would think they'd be able to know that. It was a baby. It was like a baby well, baby, so but I don't know. You would know. still think they'd be able to know, I would imagine. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like if the skin, like, you know, a, turning blue or whatever. Right. Signs yeah. of, of extreme cold. Still fucked up. Yeah. Shortly after this, a young boy was able to escape from the group and make it into town where he told police of sexual abuse that was going on towards the children from Rock. So we haven't really discussed that. Is that They're widespread all, or is it conjecture? It, it it sounds like he was doing it to all the kids, mm. but there's not like um, specific accounts of anything, yeah. you know, but okay. it sounded so like... So none of these kids have come out like in later years to talk about this? Not that I've seen. There's really not a lot of information on this out there. Yeah, I had never heard of this. Not, so not a lot yeah. of like really detailed, detailed yeah. information. So on December 6th, 1985, six police officers and 10 social workers raided the compound. They removed 17 children from the group ranging in ages from 5 months to 16 years old and placed them in the foster care. Even though the kids told stories of what was going on there, Brock faced no no consequences for any of it. And I think it's what we were talking about earlier. They didn't want to fuck with the um, religious freedom stuff. Yeah, it's a problem. Yeah. Then we move to September 28th, 1988. So this is three years later then. Yeah, so who knows? I mean... What's going on in those three years? Right. There was a woman in the group named named Solange Boyard. Boyard, yeah. It's French, man. It's French. (laughs) Solange Boyard. She was complaining of an upset stomach. Rock stripped her naked and laid her on a wooden table, punched her in the stomach inserted a plastic tube into her rectum to give her an enema that was made of molasses mixed with olive oil. He then cut open her abdomen and with his bare hands ripped out some of her intestines and then made that Gabrielle lady that was a ex-nurse stitch her up. But surprise, Solange died the next day. It's kind of weird because that's what happened to him, right? He lost part of his stomach as he kind of... Yeah, I didn't even think of Revisiting that. Revisiting that upon her? Mm. I don't know. That's weird, dude. That's like a lot. None of this makes sense. Mm-mm. There's no connection with any of this. No. that It's that, a lot of random crazy stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's just brutal. So claiming to have the ability <laughs> of resurrection, Rock drilled a hole into Solange's head after she had died and masturbated into the hole, claiming this would bring her back to life. 
Well, okay. <laughs> so, he, so I referenced that in our opening <laughs> monologue. Yeah. So he's come up with a new version of trepanation. Yeah. Trepanabation. <laughs> Master trepanning. What, what, what are we going to call this? <laughs> I don't want to call it anything ever again. <laughs> Or think about He's an this. innovator. He's taking trepanning and masturbation and combining the two into a new art yeah, form. Making, mm-hmm. He made his own fucking glory hole here <laughs> out of her skull. Yeah, this is this is very strange. So wait, here's the so here's the question though. Yes, did he resurrect her? No. Oh, <laughs> you don't say. He did. did. She come again? <laughs> oh, he probably did. He uh, he did this for a total of three days, and when she didn't come back to life, Rock took out one of her ribs and made it into a necklace and then had the other members bury her in the woods. Because, <laughs> you know, that's what you do. But this is like getting to a, like a, like, like savage type of like, situation Yeah, this now. is where I would invite our listeners to sit quietly in a room and, and try to, you know, envision what the scene looks like in this with. This corpse, yeah, the hole in her head, and this bald, long-haired, bearded gentleman busting a nut into this hole <laughs> in her skull. I can't wait to see what this guy looks like. I mean, this is, yeah. you know, this is next level craziness. It just, it's like for some, three days. Yeah, it's like some weird, not, not even medieval, like before medieval times, like savage type of yeah. idea here. Yeah. And then to wear her. And then to make a necklace and just hang her rib bone off yeah. of it is just, it's it wild. Makes no, none of, this story makes no sense. This is the weirdest it's just, cult we've talked about. And we've talked about fucked up cults. Yeah. This one just, there's no rhyme or reason to anything. Yeah. There's no reason why people would follow this guy. They're getting nothing out of it. There's no reason why he went from being a charismatic, good looking Bible thumper to torturing his followers. Yeah. It just seems like somebody that had really... Um, sadistic ideas and stuff and was able to realize whatever fantasies he was having. How about trepan ejaculation? You guys like that one? That might be the best one. Yeah. Probably. What Um, the fuck? Yeah, this is out there, guys. Yeah. So the ex-nurse Gabrielle, now she became a target of of Rock's punishments. She was subjected to having her genitals burned with a welding torch hypodermic needles broken off in her back and eight of her teeth removed with pliers. She was able to escape the group after Rock cut off parts of her breasts and beat her in the head with the with the uh, the blunt end of an axe. Jesus. And this is the, you know, and I do have sympathy for cult members, but this is, she left, she was able to escape, but she came back after all this. Mm. I don't understand that at all. Is it? Sort of akin to a battered, you know, battered woman syndrome where she loves the guy and maybe that sort of thing. Yeah, I don't know because I've never maybe. been in that situation, so I'm not gonna. Sure, but I mean, but getting welding, your... uh, welding torch your genitals and cutting your breast off, I that's beyond the pale, I think. Yeah, it's yeah, it's just weird. Like, why are all these people sticking around or coming back or following this guy? Yeah, I mean, what what's What's, you have to assume you're going to end up dead at some This is point. another one where there's so many more questions and there probably are answers. Yeah, and so when she got back, Rock cut off one of her fingers and then put her hand flat on a wooden table and took a hunting knife and slammed it through the top of her hand oh. into the table so she couldn't move. 
And then he used a chainsaw to cut off her arm right above the elbow. <laughs> Jesus Christ, this guy. Oh, God. She was able to escape. They basically... Like, how do you escape after that? Do they go, all right, I'm, I'm done with you. Good night. Yeah, so w- he took a piece of, like, a metal piece of a, tr- of a truck. It sounded like the like the wheel well or whatever, and heated it up over a fire and then just stuck it on her arm to oh, cauterize man. it. That's what you got to do. And then they just let her left her laying there, and then she got up the strength to get up and 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 get out of there overnight. It's just a hard scene to visualize. It's like a, it's straight out of a horror movie. It's like Texas Chainsaw shit. Yeah. Leatherface. Trapaculation. <laughs> Did you think of that one yet? That's good. Trapaculation. Final answer. <laughs> so he was he was arrested once she got out of there and was able to tell the police what was going on. And this this just completely dissolved the the Ant Hill kids group. Rock was found guilty of the assault on Gabrielle and received uh, a year in jail. A year. A year. Yeah. This, this girl's guy. body is just disfigured, disformed, and tore up, and he gets a year in jail. Yeah. Most of the members had completely just abandoned Rock once he was sentenced, but he did end up fathering four more kids with the remaining uh, female members during conjugal visits in jail. These are like the, the, the lady who fell in love with Richard Ramirez when he was in jail that he ended up marrying. Yeah. Remember that? She was going to, was she going to kill herself when he was executed? Yeah. And then she did not. No. These were like cult members that just kept visiting him, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm just saying, like, they're just, they yeah. were just so in, in, enthralled yeah, with him sure. and loved him. But good on the Canadian government, too. They took all those kids away from those women pretty quick after they, like, immediately after oh, those kids were born, time. they came in and took those yeah. kids away. So the police continued to investigate claims against Rock. And in 1993, he pled guilty to the murder of Solange. And then he was sentenced to life in prison for that. He was housed at the Dorchester Penitentiary, and he was up for parole in 2002, but he was rejected, and and he never tried to. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, he never reapplied. Good. On February 26, 2011, Rock was found dead near his cell. Matthew Gerard, a 60-year-old convicted murderer, stabbed Rock over 100 times and decapitated him with a homemade uh, prison shiv. After Gerard killed Rock, he calmly walked up to the prison guards and gave them the homemade knife and just calmly said, The piece of shit is down on the range. Here's the knife. I sliced him up, eh? Okay, I added that A. (laughs) But this guy's the fucking hero of the story. My mind. Yeah. No, he's a convicted murderer. It's probably a terrible story, and I'm not condoning him or what he did in that situation. But the fact that he destroyed uh, Rock, pretty awesome. Yeah, he uh, he got what was coming to him, I guess. Stabbed him a hundred times and decapitated him. With and then was just nonchalant with the guards. Like, oh, mm-hmm. got him. Here's my weapon. I'm in here for life anyway, so. So, eh, I killed this fellow down in the cell next to me, eh? <laughs> <laughs> and then they went and ate uh, poutine. <laughs> and had a, had a Molson Canadian and a Labatt Blue. There you go. Yeah, and that, that would have to take a lot. To uh, decapitate somebody with a homemade knife. Yes. Yes, it would. Well, this is quite a story. Yeah. I had never heard of this before. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people have. I don't know. It just popped in my head the other day when we were 
gonna, I like these I obscure can't remember. ones I have never heard of before. Well, right. and this one was like short and sweet and touched on like the greatest hits of cults, like uh, an egomaniac who's wanting power, sex addict, drug addict, mean father, Catholic upbringing, mean, right? Abusing women, it's the kids, bl- the blueprint, threatening with their lives, making them hurt each other. Yeah, it's you know it's cult one on one, and then it just takes a major major turn and then gets even worse yeah. yeah i don't know it just popped in my head the other day when we were and it had trepano ejaculation trepaculation trepaculation hmm. it flows i think i like it new shirt idea did you make the urban dictionary entry yet i did not someone will do it for us though one of our loyal listeners will do it for us yeah. and if they don't they'll have to break their own leg with a sledgehammer <laughs> <laughs> ian you got anything else on uh Rock Terrio? Nothing else on uh nothing else on rock. Dave, you got anything else on rock? Nothing else on rock. This uh I I, I don't even know what to say. This guy's a maniac. <laughs> nothing else. Uh I have a quick shout out to uh Joe Spotso on Twitter. He's the one who sent us the link to that uh the comic book series about the torso murder. Oh yeah, yeah. That I sent to you guys. Did you check that out yet? No, not no. yet, but I am gonna read those. No. I haven't read any comics or graphic novels in a while so that's wild i never heard of that it looks really cool he said they've been shopping around the movie for like 20 years or so and trying to get the 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 rights sold or something so thank you joe for sending that to us ian you got any shout outs yeah so i didn't realize that on my phone when i look at the itunes when i look at the itunes ratings and reviews international written reviews don't don't pop up so just want to give a shout out to dave m 73 the awesome review and um kappa zero 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 eight so thank you guys for the reviews yeah we'll have to start checking that now to get some of those international reviews yeah it's fucking badass for getting international reviews yeah yeah dave m 73 from australia gave us an awesome review it was a fun one that was a great one love that guy called out me for my shoes called out you for your 90s uh boy band knowledge well i feel like he was envious of my 90s boy band. i don't think he was envious at all (laughs) no that's not accurate well i disagree anyways dave you got any shout outs uh shout out to uh my friends ed and lisa uh thanks for listening all right you guys ready for a cool down beer cheers let's go